to the Johncast. My name is John Jorgensen, and today we are wrapping up our technology theology series. If you listen to part two in this series, you know that right now we're playing a little catch up here on the Johncast. Uh, and so here, what you're going to find is the final teaching in this technology theology series. And then coming up in the next couple days, tomorrow, you can find a bonus episode in this series. I watched the recent new Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, and I have some thoughts that I want to unpack with you all on that. Uh, It came out at kind of the perfect time as we're discussing our relationship with digital technology, specifically social media, through uh, this teaching series. And so I want to unpack some of those. That episode, that reaction to The Social Dilemma, will be coming out tomorrow, October 3rd. Saturday, uh, if you're listening to this in real time. And then on Monday, we will be officially caught up as we will be beginning a new series on Monday called The Rule of Arrest, examining what the discipline and the gift of rest can do for us in our life and in our relationship with Jesus. So make sure you check out all of those. But before we get there, I have a teaching for you. So have you ever considered the fact that you are an influencer. Now, I know you probably are thinking right now, wait a second, John, I have like 10 followers on Instagram. I have never gotten a brand deal. I am definitely not an influencer. And maybe not that kind of influencer, but I do believe what podcaster and blogger Jenna Kutcher says. She says that if you have one follower you are an influencer. If you have one follower, there is someone who is listening to you. There is a person in the world who is looking to you, who is giving you a platform to speak into their life. Now, I know that can sound really scary. That can sound really intimidating. That can sound like this is not at all what I signed up for when I joined Twitter. I don't want that. But that doesn't make it any less true. In the social media age, every person who is on these platforms has more influence than we have ever had before. That is just the reality. And so the question then becomes, how are we going to use that influence? How are we going to use or wield that power? And to go one step further, as a follower of Jesus, what does it actually look like for us to use our digital influence for the glory of God? We talk about this all the time in church, that whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so what does it look like or mean for me to tweet or for me to make a YouTube video or for me to upload something to to Facebook that gives glory to God? Like, do I just constantly post Bible verses all the time? How do we actually do this? Especially if you're not a a pastor or preacher or Bible teacher like myself, what does it look like for a normal everyday lay person, to use a churchy word, to actually represent and, and, and glorify God through these digital social channels? Well, the answer to that question for me actually starts by understanding something much, much more basic to our identity than the label influencer. And it's found all throughout the Bible, but today specifically, I want to look at it in 1 John chapter 3. In 1 John chapter 3, which is in the New Testament, the very beginning, uh, the writer says this. 
See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called, here it is, children of God. And that is what or who we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are, here it is again, children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have put this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So this passage, it speaks to a fundamental piece of our identity as followers of Jesus. That as followers of Jesus, we are, as the author says, children of God. And if you spend any time sort of in or around church, you're likely familiar with this term because we like to use it a lot. And we use it very liberally. And it's one of those terms that is, in my opinion, overused and underdefined in the church. And so today I want to define it. And specifically, I want to speak to the implications that this piece of our identity has to our lives online. So to be a child of God essentially means two things. Number one, it means that we represent God. Did you notice in the passage all of the language that speaks to children of God being like or imitating Christ? It says things like, we shall be like him. It says, purify, we purify ourselves just as he is pure, right? There's so much language talking about how we're, we're similar or we're in a way like or connected to Jesus or to our Father God. You see, to be a child of God, what it means is to represent and to reflect who God is in the world. And this has massive implications, I think, for how we interact and what we post online. Think about it this way. I want you to think about the last few things that you have posted on the internet. Think about them, whether they were uh, pictures or videos or maybe comments. Just think about the last few things that you posted, maybe even today. Did those words or pictures represent God well? Were those words in that comment consistent with God's character, with his goodness, his love, or humility? Or was the last thing you posted merely self-promoting? Or were they angry or, or even hurtful words? You see, to represent God well online means that we view all our digital interactions, every post, every DM, comment, everything as an opportunity to show the internet and the world who our God is. And by the way, we try and do this, or at least we profess to try and do this in real life, IRL, don't we? We say that, you know, in every conversation, uh, I want to have an impact for the, for the gospel, right? We say that uh, I want to make sure that all of my words are building others up. And, and we somehow, for some reason, only we kind of minimize that to real life, our real conversations with real people. And we're super kind when we're looking at people face to face. And then 
we get to the parking lot and we check our Twitter stream and we just go off with vitriol and hatred. And it's like every good, wise, godly practice that we have found in real life just somehow completely goes away once we open up our phones or we open up our laptops. And I only say this because I I see it in myself. And, And to me, the natural sort of idea would be, why aren't we trying to translate the good, wise communication and relational practices and loving communication and relational practices that we have in real life, why aren't we trying to translate those online as well? Because we are children of God and we represent God, whether IRL or on Instagram. So, To be a child of God means to represent God. And secondly, being a child of God means we are part of God's family. That means that everyone you interact with on Twitter, everyone you follow on Instagram, everyone you roll your eyes at on Facebook, especially fellow followers of Jesus, they are your brothers and sisters. Now, what does this mean for how we interact online? Well, a few weeks ago, I heard Pastor Albert Tate give this picture of a dinner table that that really captured my heart and my imagination. So do me a favor and picture your family dinner table growing up. Um, Wherever you would gather, you know, nightly or weekly for a meal, And I want you to picture all the people who are around that table. The people who you love and who you care about most in the world. You know, for me, and this is me not thinking when I was growing up, this is me thinking right now. I think about being over, you know, at Aaron's parents' house. And it's me and her siblings and their significant others and her parents and her grandmother. And it's kind of the nine of us sitting there having, you know, big Sammies, which is this, uh, you know, wonderful but terribly unhealthy Chicago hot dog and burger place near their house. And we laugh so much around that table. We have long meals around that table. We play games around that table. What is it for you? And I want you to think about the type of things that you say to those people around that table. And more specifically, I want you to think about how you say them. Like, if you had to bring up a touchy subject with the people around that table, how would you do it? And then if that touchy subject brought up a disagreement, or brought up a debate, or brought up an argument, how would you deal with that at the family table? You see, Tate's point in this was that when we look to speak or or to type something online, we ought to first ask ourselves, is this something I would say at the family table? Or more like, is this how I would say this to a brother or sister? And, And what this does is it keeps us from distancing ourselves. It keeps us from looking at who we're talking to or interacting online, not as a person, but just as an idea or someone who is just on the other side of the argument. It personalizes it. 
and say, if I'm a child of God, that means I'm part of God's family. And if they're a child of God, that means they're part of that same family. So how do I treat my brother? How do I interact with my sister? When I begin to think about my digital interactions in this way, I am extremely challenged. It does not allow me to separate myself from the other person who is frustrating me. Instead, it draws me in to still speak truthfully and to even speak passionately at times, but to do it in the way that I would do it to my brother-in-law, Jonathan, or to my sister, Kayla, to do it as I would to a brother or sister. This is how I believe God desires for his people to interact. Once again, to interact in every area of our lives, and that includes our lives online. These relational practices, these wise communication practices, these loving ways that we are called to interact with people, that, those principles and those ideas, that doesn't go out the window the minute you open up your phone. But actually, the way that many of us as Christians seek to and try to act in real life, it's the same way we ought to act online. To represent God well by reflecting his character and by loving his family. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the JohnCast, everybody. Uh, I want to encourage you to tune in tomorrow. We're going to be dropping uh, tomorrow, meaning uh, Saturday, October 3rd, if you're listening to this in real time. I'm going to be dropping a shorter, uh, just reaction episode to the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, maybe go and watch it and then come back and listen to that episode. I just think it's incredibly pertinent. Um, to what we have been learning in this technology theology series thus far. And so I just want to give some thoughts and some reactions because uh, I know a lot of people are watching um, and being very convicted or challenged by what is in that documentary. So I wanted to offer a few thoughts into the conversation. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider leaving a review. That really helps more people find this podcast and then hopefully find uh, faith as well. So... Thanks so much for listening. I love you all. Keep being awesome.